0: Live from Southern California,
1: this is the Jim Rome Show.
0: Houston Texans DB, Tyron Matthew is my guest. Tyron, great to have you on the show once again. My man, how are you?
2: Jim, how you doing, man? Good. Good to hear from you.
0: But it's so good to hear from you. I'm doing great. Boy, I got to tell you, it seems a little bit different to introduce you as a member of the Houston Texans, so what's it like to hear that, and how has the offseason been like for you, because I know it's been a little bit different.
2: Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's going to be different for me, you know, uh, being in Houston, Texas, you know, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, just the business side of it, man. You know, um, I had such a great time in Arizona. You know, some of those relationships I have, you know, are are had there, I'll have forever, you know, going forward. And so I'm very grateful for that, that, you know, especially for the community and how they embraced me, you know, coming into, you know, uh, my career in the NFL, man. Um, I had a great time in Arizona, but I'm so excited to be back you know, down south, man, back in Texas, close to home, and, you know, especially with the Houston Texans. So I'm excited about it.
0: Tyron Matthew joining us. So what you have here is another opportunity and a great challenge in front of you. So you touched on this, but what was it about the Texans that made you feel like that was the right fit in the right place for you?
2: Yeah, I think think they have great potential, man, you know, um, especially on defense. You know, obviously they had some guys banged up over the last couple years, but, you know, those guys are – you know, expected to be healthy. So I'm excited about playing with Watt, man. I'm excited about playing with Clowney. You know, um, they just added Aaron Colvin, who I've worked out with a couple times over the past few years. And um, so I'm just excited about it, man. They got a lot of veterans in their secondary. So I think the decision for me was, you know, rather easy. You know, they got a really great quarterback that's very young. So on the, on the other side of the ball. And, um, you know, obviously they got some weapons um, at, at the receiver position. So, you know, they got great skilled players, man, and obviously I want to surround myself around great player.
0: Tyron Matthew joining us. You, know, you mentioned right off the top that it is a business. You understand that. Nobody has to explain that to you. It's a business, and teams make business decisions. Players make business decisions. All of that said, can you share how you felt about the way things ended in Arizona? Did that sting a little bit?
2: Well, yeah, I think naturally. You know, you would want things to work out, you know, especially when you feel like it's been a happy marriage. You know, and I know that I've had some injuries over the last couple of years, and, but that's part of the game, you know? Like, that's why our our, our contracts aren't guaranteed, because, you know, injury is a guarantee, you know? So, I understand all those things, but like I said, I felt like the marriage was great, man. The community, you know, I, I did well in the community. The community did well with me, and, you know, I felt like I was a leader on the team, but... You know, um, things change, you know I and, mean? you know, change isn't always bad. You know, for me, I feel like it's, it's good. You know, it's a fresh start. It's a new challenge for me. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it.
0: Hey, listen, you've had some injuries, but you've had injury setbacks that could have broken most guys, but you continue to work through them. You came all the way back to lead the NFL in snaps played last season. So how much pride do you take in the coming back in the way that you did, the way you did bounce back, the way you did come back?
2: Yeah, Jim, I'm 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 so excited, man. Um, because I know that I'm getting better. And I can only work on one thing at a time. But I know next season will be a great season for me. You know, um I've been putting in great work this off season, working with a lot of different people, just trying to sharpen my game up and you know, this is one of the few off seasons that I've had that I didn't have to rehab. So that I can just strictly focus on getting better at my craft. So I know next season, you know, um, it's gonna be very good for me. I'll be very confident, which is you know, something that I didn't have last season and you know, like you mentioned, I did lead the lead the NFL in Snaps last year, so I know that I am getting better. I know that I am getting more durable. So now it's just about me getting back to you know, um, you know, creating those splash plays, man, creating those wild plays and I know that I'll get back to that.
0: Tyron Matthew joining us, you know, you mentioned some of the workouts you're doing. I've been watching some of these videos of you training with at Made Man Five. What are the types of things that you're working on, and then what is that motivation when you attack the workouts the way you are right now?
2: Well, you know, like you mentioned, I did have a few injuries that, you know, possibly could have broken, you know, the next man. I don't know that. But what I do know is I did have some setbacks, and I did have some injuries. And, you know, with injuries, you may lose a step or two. And for me, that's what I felt like last season. You know, even though I did lead the league in snaps last season, I had seventy eight tackles, I had a few interceptions, you know, I made some good big plays. You know, um, you know, I think I won two games for the Cardinals last year, you know, I had two put plays, you know, so for me it's about putting in the work so that way, you know, it shows and I, I need to get that step back and, you know, for me it's just been working on explosiveness, uh working on that lateral quickness, you know, working on all the things that made me who I am. And, um, you know, with those injuries, you tend to forget to work on those things. But, you know, like I said, I've had an off-season where I can strictly focus on the things that I need to get better at versus rehabbing my ACL or rehabbing the shoulder. I can actually get better this off-season jump. So I'm so excited, man. I'm pumped. Uh, and I can't wait to play in front of Texas.
0: I love it. I can hear it in your voice. Tyron Matthew, my guest. Listen, you've got an annual free youth camp every single year. It's an annual free youth camp, and it's called the Heart of a Badger Camp. So let me ask you this How would you describe the heart of a Badger? Or more specifically, how do you describe your heart and your passion for football?
2: Well, I think it's everything we just mentioned. You know, and, you know, I think the last few years, you know, people, they tend to remember the injuries and, you know, whether or not I came back from an injury. And, But I've been dealing with this my whole life, man. My back has been against the wall my entire life. I've always had challenges, whether it's been an injury, whether it's been self-inflicted things that I've done, whether it's been me hanging with wrong kind of people, whether it's been me, you know, doing a bunch of things, you know. So, look, the world is mine. I'm so focused, man. I'm so excited to have this fresh start, um, you know. um, And I think having the heart of a Badger is absolutely that, being able to continually overcome things to get to your goal and you know that's what i try to tell the kids
0: Tyron, you mentioned this in that last answer, but if you don't mind, I want to read you something. It's a pretty long quote, but you did this interview at Bleacher Report that I think is amazing, and you talked to them about what you're talking to us about right now. Here's the quote, if you can let me lay this out, because I think it's amazing. Quote, I get an opportunity, I go to LSU, I bleep it up, I completely bleep it up, I get to the NFL, I walk in a straight line and get injured, this is my test. Not too many people have my story, and this is my story. A guy from unknown to a Heisman Trophy Finalist, he gets kicked out of school. He absolutely rebounds himself. He becomes a millionaire. He's taking care of his family, and then he's getting injured. How can he get back to the top of the mountain? People never do it. You've seen guys go and then drop off; they never returned. End quote. It's an amazing statement in the sense of how real you are, how candid you are. So my question is, how do you get back to the top of the mountain? And in terms of being real, where did that approach come from? Because I very rarely have heard an athlete address that like that.
2: Well, I think it's very important for for me to look in the mirror, and I think being an athlete, you're 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 under such a microscope that you, you're so you're so cognitive of other people's thoughts and how they feel about you. And rarely do we ever ask ourselves how we feel. And that's absolutely how I feel, you know. So, you know, and it, and it takes a man to, to to look in the mirror and admit his wrongs, understand his wrongs, and then understand his past. And I think that I do understand my path, and I and I think that that that's how I've been able to rebound from injuries and not have any setbacks, you know, um, not get caught with drugs, you know, not ride drunk, you know, like, <laughs> cause I understand my path. Like it's gonna be a million things get thrown in my way. Like it's it's my responsibility to to avoid that or to not let that distract me from my goal. And I'm very focused, man. Right? And a lot of people don't believe in you. But I believe in me, and I think I lost that over the last couple of years. I started believing in other people, and I didn't believe in me. So I'm very fortunate that I'm at the point right now where all I have is me, and I'm the only one believing me. And that's why I signed a one-year deal. My expectations are very clear. And I'm excited about
0: that. My well, man, you're betting on yourself. I see it. Before I let you go, you hosted your first annual Tyron Matthew Kickball Classic. It was last weekend where you brought back a bunch of LSU guys, and you had Coach O playing as well to benefit your foundation. First off, where did the idea for a kickball game come about, and how's your kickball game?
2: You know, well, well first of all, Jim, I'm, I am a multi-sport athlete. I can <laughs> of course, play man. Sport. But, you know, growing up in the Orleans, man, um, you know, we played a lot of pitch-up tackle, and we played a lot of kickball. You know, so um, and I had I didn't play it in a while. I didn't play it since elementary school, and um, you know, I wanted to do something that that I can invite families to. I can invite kids as well as adults, and um, I thought it was a great idea. You know, uh, everybody in New Orleans or in the South, I think in general, you know, grew up playing kickball. So, um, and none of us did it in a long time. You know, so um, and it was good because, like I said, I, I I had the opportunity to to bring families out and to have a family environment, and not only do that, but I get to share a field with a lot of guys that, you know, we, we've never shared the field together before. Like, I've never shared the field with Jamal Adams, and I know a lot of people, you know, the thought of that is very exciting. So I'm just happy to have, you know, I'm very fortunate man to be in a position I'm in and, you know, to, to be able to give back.
0: So good to have you back on the show, and it's great to hear your voice, man. Thank you so much. Have a great offseason the rest of the way, and I'll look for you again this season. Jim, thank you, my guy. Appreciate you. What an amazing Friday. All right, so how are you looking to spend your weekend? Where are you looking to spend your weekend? Maybe on the couch? If so, it better be a Burrow. Handcrafted in the USA, Burrow makes luxury couches for real life. It is the same quality you would expect from high end retailers, but You get it without breaking the bank. And everything is customizable. You get to pick your size, your color, your armrest height, and you can get a couch which is perfect for you. And if you spend that much time on the couch, you probably eat a meal or two there as well. Go ahead, eat your dinner on this couch. This couch fears no pizza. And there's a built-in USB charger for when your devices are in the red. I'm gonna say it, that's my favorite thing about this product, the built-in USB charger. Well, it would be, but I like this part even better. All burrow furniture is easy to put together and take apart. No tools required, only your bare hands. Perfect for a scrub like me who's not very handy. Also, you can enjoy 30 days of naps on your burrow risk-free. If for any reason you choose not to keep it, the return If for any reason you choose not to keep it, the return process is so easy. Go and try a burrow couch for yourself. Order it today and it will ship Fast. Use the promo code Rome at Burrow.com and get 50 bucks off. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com. Offer code Rome. Put it in all caps or you will not save money. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com. Offer code Rome in all caps. Meantime, by now you've all seen John Giancarlo Stanton already deposit a couple of rocks into Souvenir City, Canada. Took the beast all of one game to mash a couple of dingers for the Yanks. I hit that at the top of the program. Well, I hit that at the top. I'm not sure you heard it, but I hit it. Anyway, if you thought the moment might have been too big for him, it wasn't. My man looked pretty comfortable pretty quickly. And if I'm the rest of the AL or even the rest of Major League Baseball, and I saw that yesterday, I think that I would just double back for spring training and stay there where it's safe and comfortable and nothing counts. So you probably saw those two jack jobs. You saw them, but did you hear them? Did you hear the one and only, the iconic John Sterling, break out his English to Italian dictionary for the newest Bronx bomber? If you didn't, you have to, because frankly, it's incredible. Now, if you don't know John Sterling, he is the longtime radio announcer for the Yankees. And one of the main reasons that somebody out here, like myself on the West Coast, in Southern California, how I would know somebody like that without being able to hear WFAN every single night is because this guy is a legend, as I mentioned, and he's had a library, a literal library of absolutely insane home run calls. There is nobody like Sterling.
1: An A-bomb. From a run, it's by by birdie in the right field seat. God, a Judgian blast. He's done it again. Yes, indeedy.
0: All right, and there's a lot more where that came from. So naturally, when the Yankees go out and they get a dude who went yard 59 times last season, my man goes right to the drawing board because arguably... There's as much pressure on him to live up to the Stanton signing as there is for Stanton to live up to the Stanton signing. In fact, his home run call for Giancarlo was so heavily anticipated that the New York freaking Times ran an entire piece three days ago called Sterling readies his windup for the Yankees' newest star. They literally are writing pieces, exposés, about what his home run call is going to be. That's how big this guy is. In the piece, Sterling hints at the pre-planned catchphrase saying, quote, This one is so different. It's an Italian phrase that rhymes. I don't know if anyone will get it. Let's say I am mildly concerned. Boy, I hope it works out. It may not. End quote. All right, so you can see where this guy might be a little bit nervous. Can't blame him. The stage is gigantic. The stakes are high. There is a ton of pressure.
1: Let's see how the voice did with the first. Swung on and drilled the deep right center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It is first Yankee at bat. Giancarlo. Non si può sto it is a Stantonian home run. A two-run blaster right center in his first Yankee at bat. And the Yankees take a 2-0 lead. You know, my man, when he got a hold of that one, because that thing
0: got out of there in a hurry, my man must have been thinking, this is it. This is it. Go time. Go time. That Giancarlo. one's
1: going to out of here. Non si puo, sto parlo. I love it. I
0: love it. It is so good. Twitter, on the other hand, might not have seen it that way. Brian Monzo, a producer for WFN, tweeted, I have no idea what John Sterling said. The New York Post tweeted, It is high. It is far. What? Deadspin tweeted, What the hell is John Sterling's home run call for John Carlos Stanton? Sports Illustrated tweeted, Winner! John Giancarlo Stanton. Loser. Everyone who had to listen to John Sterling. I mean, come on. It's awesome. Why do you not understand this? I mean, the internet rushed to translate whatever it was that he said in Italian, and the common kickback in English was, quote, I have no words. Which is kind of ironic, right? Listen. Listen, I want to be very clear about this. If you're looking for me to crack on a dude much less an icon like that for taking a bilingual big swing like that you're barking up the wrong tree rover i give this guy credit 79 years old fresh relevant thinking outside the box trying new things for new players i mean give it a rest give it a rest or at least give it a second shot because you know that Stanton was about to jump ship again, and you know Sterling was gonna be ready when it happened. Swung on
1: and oh, into the boy. air to deep center. Oh, that ball is high. It is far. It is gone. His second home run of the game. John Carlo. puo. Fedmarlo. It's a Stantonian home run to dead center. A solo shot. And the Yankees take a 6-1 lead. Man, I love it. I love it.
0: I can't get enough of that. Giancarlo non si Puoi de
1: Marlo. That rolls right off the tongue. Giancarlo non si può de Marlo. It's incredible.
0: And no, I really don't care that Giancarlo is not Italian. I really don't care that that call makes zero sense to some of you because it makes perfect sense to me. It rhymes, it sounds awesome. I think you're confusing you're not getting it with it not being awesome because it is. So that's a you problem and not a Sterling problem. John, my man, my man, you listen to me and not the haters. You do you. You let them do them. They live to hate and it's a terrible existence and an even worse way to go through life. You're almost 80 Your voice. You're the voice of the New York Yankees. Your life could not be better. Theirs could not be any worse. They're trolls. You keep doing you. You keep doing you in any damn language you want. I, for one, can't wait to hear that call 60 more times. It's awesome. Give me a minute so I can talk to you about where you work. Now, if you watch me on TV, you know I work in like a perfectly controlled environment. What I'm about to talk to you about is not an issue for me, but not all of you work like that. A lot of you work on a hot, dusty job site, or maybe you work in a loud, wet kitchen, or maybe you work someplace where there is some kind of element that makes it hard to communicate clearly. There's a way around this. It's with the new Post-It Extreme Notes. This way, you can communicate with your coworkers. You can get a message across and get the job done in any kind of condition or elements, any kind of weather condition. I'm talking rain, heat, humidity, virtually anything at all. New Post-It Extreme Notes are water-resistant, and they're made with DuraHold hold paper and adhesive, so they stick to almost anything at all. Concrete, drywall. Raw wood and even brick. What I'm saying is, no matter what the task is on that job site, no matter where that job site is, you can get your message across with new Post-It Extreme Notes. Buy them today wherever you get Post-It Notes. New Post-It Extreme Notes. These things work amazing. Kevin and joining us. You know, Kevin, you've been around this thing a long time. So since contaminated meat is a known issue and Canelo's got the resources to either hold that camp someplace else or ensure that he's only eating clean meat. I mean, how valid, in your mind, is that explanation or that excuse?
3: Yeah, the more I started thinking about it, the more I questioned that. Because, look, you know, for four-round fighters, this is a real problem. Because if they live in Mexico and they're getting tested, they have big issues because they can't afford to do it. But Canelo is a multimillionaire, and he can do whatever he wants to do. and and, and his trainers are butchers, and they know what's good and what's not good meat. And so he would have been able to uh, do something about this. And so at the very least, what you have here is a situation of gross negligence. He knew he was going to be tested. He knew he was going to be in Mexico. And if you look at it, everything from his perspective – He screwed up just by being negligent, and he didn't care enough to make sure that he took precautions to uh, make sure he passed the test.
0: Kevin Ioli joining us. So, Kevin, what's that mean to the fight itself on May 5th? Is the fight against Triple G completely off, or in the least, is it in very serious jeopardy right now?
3: It is is still on, but I mean, if if I were holding a plane ticket or I were holding uh, a ticket to the fight, I would get rid of it because uh, MGM is offering refunds. The fight is not going to happen. Um, If you uh, look at the Nevada regulations, which are different than in California, it says even if you inadvertently have it in your body, meaning meat contamination, it is considered an anti-doping violation. Um, and nevada 's history on this, and they 've been working very hard to be consistent in terms of the penalties they do a lot for this type of uh, violation would be one year suspension, which he could get down to six months with cooperation but so you 're looking that it 's almost impossible for him to otherwise be able to fight so you know I, I, I wrote a column yesterday, Jim, where I said I think he should come forward and say hey i 'm going to withdraw now." to make it easier on everybody so that they can get an opponent for Golovkin and have some time to promote the fight, that HBO can do what they need to do. Um, And I think that would be a way for him to kind of get the burden off him because right now he's facing a crisis management situation and everybody's throwing barbs at him, and rightly so.
0: We're talking to Kevin Ioli. I mean, it's bad. So, Kevin, if what you say is right, and I tend to think it is, I mean, I think that fight probably is off. If the fight is, in fact, off, if you're Triple G in his camp, what are you thinking right now?
3: Well, you're really angry because this, again, is the fight. You know, you had the fight last year. You thought it was going to be the fight to prove your argument that you were the best guy in the world. Uh, you feel like you got screwed out of the decision. So now you get the rematch, which is, again, going to be a career-high payday and also the chance to prove yourself to the world that you're the better guy, and you get screwed out of that. You're incredibly angry at Canelo right now and at Golden Boy for dragging their feet. Uh, so I think what they have to do is they have to be working today to get another opponent to have somebody lined up so that when Canelo is finally and officially out, then they can go ahead and uh, and have an opponent slid in and who has been training somewhat and ready to go.
0: Kevin Aioli joining us to talk about that fight on May 5th regardless of what it may or may not be so Kevin go back to Canelo for a minute in public Canelo has always had a pretty good reputation and image and you did touch on this but what do you make of how he's handling this whole situation and then what kind of damage could this do to his reputation
3: I think it's huge damage. You know, I think he's handling it very poorly. You know, he puts out a statement. He does not meet with the media whatsoever, uh, and uh, so far silence has. It's gotten worse for him. You know, when the Nevada filed a complaint against him yesterday, I think it would have been great to hear from him. I think it would have been great to have a conference call with boxing writers who could ask him questions and and have him explain his side of what is going on. He's been totally silent. Uh, he he says he didn't want to uh, jeopardize the proceedings. Uh, and so he did not say anything. but I think this is a situation. look our our sports society, we are forgiving. And athletes, you know, Andy Pettit was a guy. He came forward and said, hey, I did this. I made a mistake. You know, you don't hear people uh, have the en- en- enmity toward him that they have to people like Barry Bonds. And I think that it's just a situation where it would be best for his image if he said, even if, he, if he's going to still keep to the argument that I, I took it inadvertently, hey, I should have been more diligent in checking where the source of my meat came from. It's my fault. I accept the penalty. I'm willing to withdraw now so that we can put the best possible fight on for the fans on May 5th, and when I'm off of suspension, I'm willing to fight Gennady at the first opportunity. And I think if he does that, he rehabilitates himself. But if he sticks to this whole thing, he's not going to get out of this. He's going to be found guilty, and, and I just I think it, it increases the perception that he's a cheater and people will turn against him.
0: Agreed. I've said this for so long, Kevin. It's such a forgiving nation, especially of sports stars and celebrities, just to own- it just be accountable for it and then almost anything is forgiven and guys always get second chances before I let you go Kevin let me shift gears really quickly it was not that long ago that we thought it was crazy to even consider Conor McGregor boxing Floyd Mayweather and then you have the idea though that Floyd may get into MMA and it keeps coming up much in the same way that Conor boxing kept coming up is there any way at all that Floyd would ever get into the octagon
3: I just don't see it. I mean, he's 41 years old, and even by what he said to TMZ in his only public comments, he said that it would take him six to eight months of training with Tyron Woodley to be ready. That is going to put him close to next year, and he turns 42 in February. Uh, and so it's one thing to box uh, a guy who, you know, you're 40 years old. Hey, that that wasn't that big a risk to Floyd and and Connor. You know, it was a risk to get knocked out like he did, but he was going to make 100 million dollars. But in this case, that would damage everything Floyd. His whole career is built around being the best ever and being a perfect record guy. I just don't see it, and I think if uh, he got in there with any kind you know, could he beat some MMA fighters, and you notice I did not say UFC fighters, because the UFC fighters are the best fighters in the world. The worst one is among the best in the world. But could he beat an MMA fighter? Sure. You know, he has great hands. There's no doubt. And he could be an outstanding MMA fighter had he trained. But now he would get his head dented in, and I, I think he would be in big trouble. So he And he knows that, so he's not going to do it. Hey,
0: Kevin, one quick thing. In addition to combat sports, I think many people know you're also a huge, huge hockey guy. So I've got to ask, what have you made of the Golden Knights so far this season? Because to me, they are an absolutely amazing story.
3: Yeah, they. you know, the thing about the Golden Knights, Jim, is they play so hard every night. They put together a really good collection of guys. Not the greatest talent in the world, but they're fast. They're, they have some talented guys like Marc-Andre Fleury, James Neal, and other guys. They've had some revelations, but they play so hard every night. My concern for the Golden Knights is other teams can raise their game in the playoffs. They kind of coast through the regular season and go up. The Knights have played so hard all year. I don't know that they have anywhere else to go, and so I worry about them as they get into the playoffs what they will be able to do in that first round.
0: It's already Friday, so you know what that means. The Final Four is tomorrow in San Antonio. The championship game is Monday. Are you going to get down? Do you have any action on these matchups? If not, it is not too late. It doesn't matter if you've been a player for years. Or it doesn't matter if maybe you just want to get in this weekend. Throw some money down and score big on college hoops with mybookie.ag. mybookie.ag. Join thousands of online players and start betting right now at mybookie.ag. As an example, are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Then come join mybookie. They pay fast, and they do it without any hassles. Also, at mybookie.ag, they even have in-game live betting, so you can place a bet even after tip-off. You want to join right now. Do it now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Use the promo code JUNGLE to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You've got the Final Four coming up Saturday, the championship game on Monday. Make sure you're ready to roll. Play, win, and get paid. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Use the promo code JUNGLE. Duke Dawson is my guest. Duke, it's great to have you on the show. Good morning. How are you? doing great. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you, Duke. All right, so we're about a month away from the draft. So let me first ask you about what your preparation is like and what your process is like. Have you been able to enjoy the whole draft preparation experience, and is it pretty much what you thought it would be?
4: Uh, absolutely. I've really been enjoying every moment of it. I mean, it's new to me. It's been a dream come true. And I mean, just leading up to this point, I just um, pray every day. I think about it. I mean, I talk to my family a lot about the whole process. I mean, they're enjoying it as well, as long with me. So... I mean, it's just a dream come true to be in this
0: position. Duke Dawson joining us. I'm going to talk to you about that process in a minute. But let me go back to your final game of the season. You said after that game was over that it really hit you finally that you were never going to get to play with your brothers in the swamp again. So how would you describe the bonds and the relationships you had with your teammates? And then what's it like when you've realized that you're going to still be playing football, but not in the way that you did before?
4: I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, one of the biggest things that I missed was playing inside that stadium with a great group of guys. I mean, those guys. I mean, we still connected today. I mean, even when I go into the building now, I mean, it's still the same relationship as I had when I was there. I mean, it was just a just a great experience to be around a uh, like I said, a nice, great group of guys, and I me mean, just enjoying every moment of it. I mean, it's it, it all been uh, a dream come true since I was little, But, I mean, that's that's one thing that I can say that really uh, stood with me.
0: Duke Dawson joining us, getting ready for the NFL Draft. You know, when you go to a program like Florida, you know you're going to enter a situation where the depth chart's loaded with talent, so you show up and you put in the time, and you put in the work, and then you finally break out in a big way last year. A lot of guys in your situation might have been frustrated that they didn't start immediately, so how'd you go about dealing with that?
4: I mean, you got to take it day by day. I mean, every day is not going to be your day. You got to know how to handle adversity. Uh, when I first came here, I was primarily a corner but, uh, when the coaches seen my my versatility, they just seem like I could play all three positions. Things start to change a little bit and I was just getting into the rotation. Um I mean, I was playing, but not as much as I wanted to play, but I mean, just being around some guys that, that's, that's doing great in the league, that's done great in the league. I mean, I mean you get to know a lot of things. You get the uh, get the knowledge of it. I mean, I mean, just coming to Florida, I mean, it's, it's the winning program. So you have to really be, uh, on your A game. I mean, you have to bring it every day.
0: We're talking to Duke Dawson. So you get the opportunity and you make the most of it by being a first-team All-SEC player, but it seems to me you didn't just step up as a player, you stepped up as a leader as well. Now you're somebody who might have been a little bit quieter in the past, so what was it like for you to take on that leadership role and show the younger players the ropes?
4: I mean, I, I, I was still on myself. Uh, I showed it the same way, leading by example. Um, that's just how i always been. and um, Just seeing those guys develop as... As young men now, I mean, they're they're old heads now, even though they're sophomores. <laughs> but just see the, the maturity level that those guys um, have over the, the past year at, uh, at University of Florida, now that I'm gone. But I feel like um, those guys are going to be great. I mean, there's not going to be any steps lost. I mean, I, I still go out there, and I, I talk to them a lot now. I mean, today I'm going out there and watch them scrimmage. I mean, it's it's a family thing. It's, it's more of a family thing. It's, it's not individual. And I, that's one thing I can say by coming to Florida. I mean, you become a family forever, and and that's just how it's always been.
0: I mean, talking to you right now, I can hear it. I can tell how special it is to play your ball there in Gainesville. So when you look back on your time in Florida, what's going to stick out to you the most? What made it so special? Why is it so different there?
4: I could say coming through that tunnel uh, with your brothers, 90,000 screaming. Um, I mean, it's just a dream come true. Coming out of high school, you're playing in front of 1,500 people, 3,500 people versus 90,000. I mean, you just get to showcase your ability and, to, to everyone, I mean, with your brothers next to you. I mean, just, I mean, football teaches you a lot of lot of things, a lot of values about life. And that's one thing uh, I really love about the game. And I mean, just how I've always been and made just a passion for it.
0: Dude Dawson joining us, you mentioned high school. You're from Dixie County High School. That's 50 miles from Gainesville, it's about 100 miles from Tallahassee. So, what was the recruiting process like for you? And then, what ultimately led you to be a Gator?
4: Uh, to be honest, growing up, I was a big Florida State fan. Um, I always told my, my family and my, my friends that if I was to get an offer from Florida State, that's, that's where I was going to go. But, um, after offers offer started to come in and I started to take visits, um, Gainesville was my second home. That's why I felt comfortable. Um, uh, I never pictured myself being here, but I mean, I feel like this is one of the, the, the greatest decisions I made in my life was, was coming to the University of Florida, um, I'm really, really happy with my decision that I made.
0: Duke, you had a great line, I thought, describing your roots in Cross City. You said, quote, where I came from, hey, you have to get it from a can of paint. I mean, there really isn't too much where I'm at. It's tough. It's hard. You have to get it from the mud. You have to get it from the bottom, end quote. So what was life like for you growing up? And then how much did you develop a toughness and an intensity in you from the way you came up?
4: Uh, Yeah, where I'm from, it's it's not a... There's not a lot going on to be honest with you. I mean it's just a small town. People just pass through. They don't really think of um athletes being here. Um that's just how I always been and I mean I just worked I just worked so hard for it and I just never gave up on it. I mean I I found ways and I talked to people to 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 get myself better on and off the field and uh once I connected with those people, um things has been going great and um I could say by by me not giving up um uh, it, it shows a lot of value shows a lot of a lot of toughness that it don't matter where you come from I mean anybody can make it to the top and that's what I always preach to the to the young guys back home, my little cousins uh, who's also going to college I mean just never give up on your dreams and trust me one day somebody gonna notice your abilities.
0: You know, so you're close right now, and I can tell that you've got the foot on the pedal. I mean, you're close, and you're doubling down. Like, for instance, you took a few weeks off to let your body recover, and then you went to IMG, and you started to train. But it's not like you're just putting in a few hours at the gym. You're going hard six days a week. You're even going in on Saturdays, which are supposed to be optional. So what kinds of things have you been working on, and then how do you like the results that you're seeing right now?
4: Um, I really love the results. Um, one thing I wanted to do is, was lose a couple of pounds, which I did. Um, I mean, I worked on a lot of things. I wanted to work on my explosion a little more, my speed, and by me going to IMG, uh, they prepared me in the right way. All
0: right, so you've been working extremely hard to put yourself in the spot. Let me finally ask you. I mean, you're an all-SEC player. You're about to be drafted. What's it going to feel like when you hear your name called and you finally know exactly where you're going to live and work and play?
4: (sighs) To be honest, I don't even know how I would feel. Uh, It's a dream come true. Just being able to hear my name called, I mean... Uh, I don't even I don't even know the feeling right now. Um I know it's, it's gonna be a great feeling once that day coming. I'm just preparing myself every day. Uh I mean trust me, I think every day about it. I know uh God is God is gonna uh lead me in the right direction and I just put everything into his hands.
1: Aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own? <phone rings> we <Wendy>? need a car. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the jungle. A very good Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. How was your weekend? Because, unlike everybody else who asked that question, how was your weekend? I'm not looking for a way for you to tell me about your weekend. I'm looking to talk to you about Loyola's weekend. Loyola Chicago, who Not only did they beat Kansas State, they beat them down. Nice with ass-kicking. It was a clinic. I mean, they flat-carved Kansas State. a bunch of guys that everybody laughed at us. Right, and nobody's laughing right now. I have
4: been watching Loyola. I don't watched,
0: you even I think about coming for Diana. Her take is better than 100% of your takes. Just like Marie's was. and <laughs> too. Winona's. Okay. And just like Mitzi's was. Oh,
1: hi, Mr. Moreno.
0: Porter Moser is my guest. Porter, it is so good to have you back. Good morning. How are you? Jim, I'm great. I'm so happy
3: you had me on, too. You've had me on every step of the way. And if you didn't have me on, I was going to call in.
0: Ow, Reportedly, cow, he was cow, urinating cow, in a parking cow, lot. Cow, Quote, cow, shaked his cow, genitals cow. towards the man cow, cow, cow. and the dog. Twirly. I see a guy cow. who needs some helping. A second, preferably a third. Signed, Albert Belt. <laughs> Dennis Dodd in studio. <laughs> on camera now, let the clones have their shot me at and <laughs> we'll, we'll go from there. My well, man, you're good. They're, they're way too fixated <laughs> on Albert Belt. One flipping off a dude who's cold on his stomach is right on par with, like, graveyard urination. Oh, My man seemed pretty proud of himself, too. He used... I yell a spine is a high dive. Female. I've never seen anybody butcher the spelling of prima donna quite like that. <laughs> don't blame that on auto correcting. Really, Debbie Gibson didn't want any of that. No, I take back what I said, Steve. And the Jayhawks, are. Th- Kansas head coach Bill Self is my guest. Uh, I was ecstatic. I know our players
3: were. To win on that stage at that moment against that that team and that program was pretty special.
0: When Jiminy Cricket was down, did you count him? Bernard up? English this was there combat, to tell all of Philly never ever count Lambert? out the birds. This is the game, Doug. Noah Syndergaard is my guest.
3: Sindergard? Yeah, hitting a triple, especially with my speed. I didn't even pick up the third base coach. <laughs> I just ran straight through second base, and then all of a sudden they're start yelling three, three, three. I'm like, crap. You can just let me have this one. I
0: Say how much I respect the team winning 11 games and their division and being so far ahead of schedule and still taking the swings that they're taking. Big, big swings. They're built. To win right now, Bucky Brooks joining us. How much is Beckham worth?
2: To me, he has to be a twenty million dollar player. Eli Manning with Odell
0: Beckham Jr.
2: sixty-nine touchdowns, twenty-nine interceptions. Without him, fourteen and fourteen. You tell
0: me who impacts the game more. Louis
3: Slung Pew. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. No, actually
0: it's Slung Oh,
3: thank you very much. It was, it
0: was either a cherry bomb or yeah, somebody took a big dump. That
3: is
2: an incredible. So do not
0: Chicago. get it twisted. No bum smack, even if their mascot used to be a hobo. More bums using empty skull cans as Amazon Echoes. <laughs> I mean, my man literally had a dislocated chiclet. No tweets from Kentucky. No tweets from Alabama about how jealous they all are of Kevin's it's teeth. Disgusting. There's an idiot with a rat head. <laughs> I just heard we're doing an impromptu Romageddon. Larry. John Morosi is my guest. Happy
3: opening day. Happy final four weeks. Such a young man's game right now. You got great guys like Matt Holiday.
1: Seem to be moving their way out of the game right now. It is a young man's game. Man's game,
0: game, bitch. University high school coming up. Jake Rome. Kid ran into one. There you go. That's a life moment right now. That may not happen ever again. You gotta enjoy that. Should have done this gone. Dante Pechette. That would have been awesome. The Empire is striking back. Get ready then to boil up up a bucket of hate every time you see this club beat another pitching staff in a submission because they're only going to get better yes indeedy bernie williams joining us it's a very eclectic taste in music so you know it's like gentle
2: a little bit of a lionel richie Hello. or maybe a little Shaka khan or something like that i know of no Romy rap
5: he plays it for me it's you dog it is you and because of that i thought i, I gotta find my man i'm stoked bro i'm stoked
1: The only time anyone is upset in women's basketball is when the fans get their pregame haircut and it's not short enough for their liking. I mean... A show of
0: hands. Who thought that was funny? Crickets,
1: bro. Sean Casey. in there. It's disgusting, you know? And Manny Mandy leans in, and she's like, oh man, I think it's you. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, is that the jacket that the cat pissed on the last road trip of the year? And I go, obviously we're not able to get the cat pissed out. Keep the water
3: coming, and we're going to use that water to clean up the sewage spill and roll out the red, white, and blue bunting and take down the hated no cows. Thanks, brah. 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 Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the jungle. I am Jim Rome. It's really awesome Friday to you
1: Uh uh-oh Alvy is a little creepy dude john carlo no see whoa Ed marlo
0: mock Mock moda Moda. donna fat mick they are not pets
3: going to javier's last night have a great day you are phenomenal
2: what you do and it's an honor to be on your show thank you my guy. appreciate you yeah
0: i don't even know who kevin mitchell is good
2: night
0: now we're efforting tyron matthews so let's go to the phones let's go to illinois darren in illinois you made it in Nice to have you, Darren. How are you? Doing good,
5: Jim. I'm going to help you
0: finish the week
5: strong by sharing a celebrity encounter I had last summer. I took the wife and kids to the Milwaukee public pool. And guess who was the celebrity lifeguard for today? One freakishly slender Greek gentleman by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Romy, you should have seen this guy in action at the pool. He was giving high fives to everyone there personally handing out lemon heads and super ropes to the kids. He saved a pool record 42 ankle-biting children from drowning in the deep end. The guy even had the courtesy to lather sunscreen on my wife's back. And, Jim, he did all this stuff without even leaving the dang lifeguard chair he was posted up on. (laughs) That's how long this guy's arms are Rome. And this isn't even where his charity work ends. My grandmother, God bless the lady, was taking her dogs Vin Barker and Pa Mokeski for a walk the other day, came up to a busy intersection, and saw Giannis at the opposite corner. Dude was nice enough to reach across the street, push the crosswalk button for her, and hold her hand the whole way across. Romy, this selfless behavior, combined with his unmatched skills on the hardwood, is why he will someday retire as the greatest buck to ever play a game. And I hope I can be there when his number 34 is retired so I can see him hang his own jersey from the rafters while standing on the court.
0: Thanks, Darren, very much. Eric in Orlando, first call on a Friday. Eric, what's up? How are you?
3: Well, thanks for taking my call, buddy. It's been a long time. Hey, real quick before I get to my take, don't forget, I'm originally from Boston and Bluefin Tuna Fishing, season is coming up soon. We still got an opening for you.
0: Love it. Love it.
3: Now, now, Elvie is a little creepy, dude. I go home and I watch my DVR, and when they pan over to him, he's the first one you see, and his eyes kind of roll up and look at the screen, and I think he mixes a little bleaching with his toothpaste, with his crazy chiclets, and his Elvis Presley hair, and his little dimples and everything. He's such a ham, dude, but I
2: love him. Good night now!